Good morning. Many of you this morning is, are suffering from overwhelming situations, uh, adverse circumstances, and just difficult things are happening in your life. I'd like to call these the adjustments of life because we're always adjusting every day. We're adjusting to the people around us who are, are adjusting to themselves. We are adjusting to our family members. We're constantly adjusting and we never know what a day will bring forth. Um, in the midst of a happy day, can be a tragedy. In the midst of a tragedy can be a great happiness. So we're constantly making the adjustment throughout the day, uh, throughout our lives. One of the things that we need as Christians, we need something to believe in, something to trust, and something that is constant that will separate us from a state of madness. Paul, in talking to the church at Rome in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, and it sounds as if Paul is encouraging the Romans, but Paul is also encouraging himself because he used two words. He constantly used the word we, W-E, and then he uses the word you. He includes himself when he's speaking to the Romans. And he says to them in Romans 8 and 28, he says, and we, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purposes. Paul recognized that the constant in his life was his relationship with God. In chapter 8, he speaks of life in the Spirit. And the first thing Paul lets the Roman know in verse 1 is first of all that there is no condemnation, there's no penalty. Uh, there's no penalty in those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Paul said, In God, there's only grace and mercy. There's no declaration of guilty, there's no declaration of punishment, there's no declaration of disapproval, blame, or punishment. Can you imagine that all of the things that happen in your life, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, that Jesus died for those things. And once you accept Jesus Christ, according to Romans 10 and 10, he become the constant in your life. He becomes that thing that separates you from a state of madness and a state 
of being comfortable. You can trust Jesus. You can rely on Jesus. And you can believe that he is who he said he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In your state of overwhelming odds and adverse circumstances in this thing that I call the adjustment of life this morning I want to offer Jesus to you and I know you've been offered him before and going to be offered him again and that's all right we'll offer him to you until you accept him because once you accept him You'll be transformed into that life of being comfortable through the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to have a great day. Be blessed now. Good morning. Have you ever thought about what does God think about you? Certainly you've thought about what your neighbors think, what your mom think, what your dad think. You've thought about what your children think. And many times you've thought about what your coworkers think, what your neighbors think. And in a lot of cases, they are ready to give their opinion, being on the outside, looking in. They never really know what the real situation is, and most of the time we're not prepared nor are we ready to tell the real situation until it's become critical. But what does God think about us? What does God think about our situation in life. My favorite, whenever I think about what does God think about me, is Psalms 8. And it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy in avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, when thou, when thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Fear thou, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beast of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the path of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, 
How excellent is thy name in all the earth. That's my favorite passage of scripture because God thought so much of man that not only did he make man, but he came to visit man, not once, but over and over and over again. Many of us have attitudes, arrogant attitudes, compulsive attitudes, narcissistic attitudes, and sometimes even demanding attitudes or attitudes that are just not, you know, becoming. We see them in other people and we are quick to bring them to their attention. But we fail to realize that many of these attitudes, Jesus exhibit those attitudes himself. And, and in many cases, it's necessary that you have those attitudes in order to be a real believer, a real Christian. Jesus became angry and destroyed the temple attitude. Jesus was self-centered in the fact that he was preaching one day and the disciples said, Master, let the people go home. You, you preach so long until they're hungry and they're tired. And he says, no, I haven't finished preaching. So what do you have? And he took the fish and the loaves of bread and he blessed it and multiplied it and fed everybody. And then he called the learned men of that day, the Pharisees. He called them liars and hypocrites. And Jesus constantly referred to himself as I, I and the Father of one. So Jesus had many attitudes, and many times you just have to have an attitude when dealing with Satan and when dealing with the world and when dealing with God. You just have to have an attitude. When I woke up this morning, I said, you know what? God has a purpose for my life. He would not have just woke me up just to wake me up for nothing at all. He had a purpose for my life. He has a purpose for my day. God does not have time to think about what we think about. He just put the agenda out there and take volunteers. God is not concerned with your prejudices, your attitudes, your lifestyle, your what you did last night, where you went. God is not concerned. He didn't wake me up to criticize me and to beat me or to make me ashamed or feel bad about what happened yesterday. But he woke me up to tell me, you are wonderfully made and I have a job for you today. I have something for you to do today that will glorify me. And in the process of glorifying me, you will be blessed. He designed man in Genesis to praise him and to honor his word. 
In Deuteronomy 28 and 13, God said, I will make you the head, not the tail. I will let you live above, not beneath. If you will listen and do my commandments. Genesis 1 reminds us that we are made in God's image. God's purpose for man is to glorify him. And we can't glorify God if we feel down in the dumps with the blues. We can't glorify God if we feel shame-faced it. We can't glorify God if we feel like we can't make it, if we feel suicidal. We can't glorify God in poverty. We glorify God because things are well. It is well in my soul. And for that, I can glorify God. God purposes to receive our glory and to bless us. But it's up to us to take ourselves out of the mental prison of what people think. What God know about us is more important than what people think about us. You are not what people think. You are what God says you are. You are blessed and wonderfully made. You're the head and not the tail. You are blessed. Have a wonderful day.